Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show. Giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR. 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. I'm struggling with my mental health. I'm concerned about my loved one and need support for myself. I need someone to speak to, but I don't want to burden my family and friends. The experience of mental illness can be emotional, challenging and isolating, but you don't have to go through it alone. Hello, Helpline. Helpline is an information support and referral service. Our trained volunteers all have a personal experience of mental illness and are here to listen, understand and help. Our service is free, confidential, and you can call us from Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. If you have a mental illness, know someone who does, or just need someone to speak to, call Helpline on 84864222. That's 84864222. My fellowship is a 3CR supporter. Okay, uh, welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 855 AM on the dial. On today's show, we have Dr. Neil Thomas, who is a senior lecturer in psychology at Swinburne University and a clinical psychologist. He is director of the e-therapy research unit. Uh, we've had Neil on the show before talking about the SMART project early in the year, and he's come back to do a follow-up. Uh, and the Brainwaves crew interviewing today is Rose and Shannon, and paneling is myself, Kathy. Here. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks. Hi. Uh, Neil, uh, thanks for being here today. Yeah, great to be yeah. back. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Neil. Um, would you like to just remind us a bit about what the Smart Research Program is all about? Yeah, so SMART's one of five big research programs which have been conducted in Victoria that have been funded by the Department of Health and Human Services Mental Illness Research Fund. And SMART in particular is looking at what role digital 
technologies like mobile phones and the internet can have in improving mental health service delivery, so how they can actually be used in mental health services. So something that we are looking at in particular is how we can use online resources to help people to self-manage persisting mental health problems like persisting psychosis and also how that might be a way of helping people to learn from other people with um, shared lived experience and how it can help people with the process of personal recovery so not just in terms of reducing symptoms but looking beyond that in terms of how people can find new meaning in life new roles and find um, improve their relationships and so on and so forth so um, what we've been doing as part of this project has been developing a, a website which has a range of resources on it and um, we are, have moved into a phase of conducting some research with this, with this website to find out about how it works in practice. It's fabulous that um, professionals in the Commonwealth Government have realised the benefits of the online sphere in providing mental health therapeutic techniques. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a future, isn't it, the, yeah. the, that we know that everybody has technologies as, a, as part of their lives mm, now. So we've got to think about how we can use that in health, health delivery. For sure. Um, one of the more dynamic aspects of the, the smart web, website is the, um, the peer support aspect, the learning from other people with lived experience. Uh, how does the website achieve this? So what, what's, what we've ended up having is quite central to the website in response to, to feedback whilst we were developing it was being uh, developing a series of videos which we've edited together from some people talking about their own experiences of mental health recovery. So we've developed some 50 videos in wow. which people are reflecting on different aspects of recovery. So that might be about relationships or managing stress or physical health or dealing with stigma and so on and so forth. That sounds like it would be um, beneficial even for practic practitioners, not just people experiencing those symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. So we're seeing this as being something that people might potentially look at on their own and, and be able to learn from that, but also might be something as a point for discussion. So someone could look at these um, videos with a worker mm. and then that provides a prompt for um, talking about particular yeah. themes that might be difficult otherwise. Yeah, even with family and friends. Um, you've brought in a little piece of audio so we can get a bit of an idea of how those videos work can we have mm. my ideas around recovery and leading and living a satisfying life are being able to I suppose make meaning of your experiences and find meaningful activity and fulfilling things to do with your day but I suppose it's it's being able to do all that with the symptoms maybe being there anyway and just being able to take care of yourself in a way that enables you to live an authentic life. In recovery for me um, in the early days was just to get out of bed and be able to go and walk and pick up the mail from the mailbox. Later it was to actually endeavour to take my dog for a walk around the block and now it's to work and to socialise and to have an active and meaningful life. To me recovery isn't about achieving a certain goal. I don't think I'll ever be 100% well. Recovery is about a journey. It's about learning about yourself, about your capabilities, about what you can and can't do, about reaching out to others and having others reach out to you. The way I like to see it as is, um, say, you're, um, say you're a train and you're going through um, a dark tunnel and there's 99% darkness, but at the, the very end there's maybe 1% light. You, know, you can just see it. And if you keep going, you know, you're going to get there to the end of... You're going to get that bit of light. 
So, Neil, the SMART um, website has been designed for use by a mental health worker alongside a consumer. Um, how would a worker use the, the website in practice? So so we've got quite interested in how people might use a tablet computer like an iPad and that might be a useful resource that people could use during routine appointments that they have with people. So we're seeing this as potentially something which provides it could be a tool to get a conversation going around an issue to do with recovery or it could be something which a worker introduces to the person so they can see the website and use it on their own as well as being something which people might be able to access completely independently from services so i suppose trying to get something which is like a a um a a sort of a, a a portal which can be accessed irrespective of which service people are going to or 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 on on someone's own as well um, in terms of the uh, looking at things like the videos, the videos are good for structuring discussion, but we're also trying to encourage people to be making comments on them as well. So that might be something that the worker helps the person to do, but people can add their own messages to the conversation. You know, like, like when you look at a YouTube video, people have comments yeah, on it. Yeah. So, um, so having something similar there whereby we end up creating a bit of a, a bit of a community of people using using the site and sharing their own experiences of recovery so that, that people can feel less alone with that experience. Fabulous. So um, creating these online communities that you might see on Facebook or, or Reddit, um, but, but with a, a more, I don't know, a clinical outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so we've been quite thoughtful about the types of material that we're putting on there as well. So that involved partly looking at the literature and what's important in terms of recovery and also having some reference groups with consumers, with workers and, and, and carers as well about what types of topics would be particularly important and how we address them. And in terms of the videos as well, we've been trying to capture a, a bit of a diversity because, you know, when people talk about recovery, it's not like there's there's one set way mm. that works for everybody. Everyone's different. So we're trying to encourage people to find their own way and, and do that by representing a range of different perspectives with each of the little clips that we've got. Is there a um, particular order in which the, the clips have been designed to be consumed? Well, I mean, the one we just played was like an introductory one, um, but after that we're encouraging people to look at it in, in whatever order they have. I mean, generally with websites, people like to play about and explore them rather than feel that they've got to go through in a certain order. We've got a suggested order if people... <laughs> there'd be some people <laughs> that like doing track. that, so yeah. they can do either. But, so they have little yeah. themes as well? Yeah, so we've got a number of topics. So the, um, there's general recovery, then there's, um, I'm going to try and remember these now, but there's managing stress, physical health, relationships, um, one on identity, one on values and meaning in life, and one that I've forgotten. <laughs> uh, do we want to take a break now? Rise of the Morning Star campaign aims to bring hope and encouragement to the people of West Papua in their fight for freedom. Currently, the campaign is seeking 10,000 online signatures to challenge the Australian government's silence on human rights abuses in West Papua. To sign the petition, log on to www.petitionbuzz.com forward slash petitions forward slash rise of the morning star. That's rise with a Z. Add your signature and support the people of West Papua's struggle for independence. Rise of the Morning Star campaign is a 3CR supporter.
Welcome back to Brainwaves on 3CR. Today we are chatting to Dr. Neil Thomas, who is a senior lecturer in psychology at Swinburne University. Hi. Yeah, we're good. Um, so the SMART program's been going for a little while now. You've just completed phase one, is that correct? Yeah, we're, we're, we're about at the halfway mark right now. So it's a four-year program, and we're, so we're at that point... So, um, so you might so you're starting to see any results or trends. So, so what we did in, in the in the first phase of the trial, we we spent about eighteen months, which was about developing the site. So, there's obviously a big process of um, of developing things and then checking them out with people and so on. And that finished with a with a pilot project, which we've um, completed. the The pilot was um, was useful. What we did with that was had some workers, they were my fellowship workers, a couple oh, of my yep. fellowship workers, and they spent eight sessions working with someone using the site, as we're talking about, so having a, having a tablet computer mm. on which they looked at some of the resources and used that as a prompt for discussion with the client and then looked at some more resources and discussed it some more, maybe encouraged the person to use the site between times too. So we did that with a small number of people. And what we found from that was, well, first off, that it was actually it actually worked. It was feasible to have that mode of working, so it worked in practice. And um, also the, the, the feedback that people gave was that they were getting something from this that they otherwise wouldn't get. The, it brought up topics that, that were maybe a bit a bit deeper than they'd usually have in their consultations. It provided a means of bringing up issues and was helpful from that point of view. And people were also very positive, particularly about the lived experience content, so the videos of people talking about their own recovery. We, As part of that, we also gave some measures before and after, and our main measure was a, a measure of consumer-defined recovery called mm. the um, Questionnaire for the Process of Recovery. And on that measure, we, even though we had small numbers with the pilot, we found significant changes, positive changes on that too. So, so we've actually got quite pro- positive results from that. Now, for us, the next stage is going into doing some more rigorous trials. So we've got two parallel randomised control trials, one in which we're doing that, that model of... Uh, eight sessions using using it and seeing how that works compared with a with a control intervention um, just based on social interaction and the other trial we're giving it to workers and services so that they're identifying some clients of theirs and trying to see how it might integrate over a six-month period, how they might use it in practice. So we're not expecting them necessarily to be using every single session, but seeing if it is available, how it gets used in practice. That's fabulous. It's a great way to engage a clinical sample. And I um, I, re- I really like that uh, bringing up different topics that might not otherwise arise in conversation, particularly in a talking therapy sort of setting. Because it's consumer-led, you might miss out on entire areas of conversation that you wouldn't otherwise touch on yeah i think so and and there's something about it's something permission giving hearing Mm. somebody else say things about how they feel how stigma mental health stigma has really affected them about some shameful things about how they feel about themselves feel different from other people hearing other people verbalize that Mm. gives permission to be talking about that more freely and openly particularly when they're those things associated with a bit of shame yeah not self-censoring that sort of stuff yeah absolutely yeah 
Um, so, Neil, how was the um, website Go being used by people less confident with technology? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a very good question, and that's been one of the concerns that people raised in during the... Um, during our consultations we actually did do some research to find out about how confident people were who use mental health services because there was a concern that people maybe didn't have access to the internet weren't confident enough Mm. so we um, interviewed people that were using one of the clinical services uh, continuing care teams and we found out that about 75% of people had internet access and 75% of people did feel confident with that most people were, were were quite positive about this as a way of working um but still at the same time we know that not everyone's going to be confident with that and we're, we're not suggesting this is right for everybody yeah. but could be used in different ways so some people might be more autonomous other people might be more worker led but we've tried with the website to make navigation quite simple so you know those sites where you kind of end up having a click like next page and next page again and again and again <laughs> yeah. we've, we've tried to steer away from that because that, that's, uh, that's good to hear you got some uh, modern design happening <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. so anything that, that is potentially frustrating for mm. us um yeah so we, we've, we've tried to keep it as simple as possible um and uh as well as that we in in some ways, we've have had some of the people in the pilot weren't really active internet users, mm. and it it actually seemed like a, a bit of an opportunity to help people to um, become a bit more aware of how technology could be used. So it's, it's potentially because there's something quite empowering about being able to look up information on the internet sure. and to connect with other people. That yeah. potentially this is also a, a way of introducing people to you know the online world that, that maybe haven't had access to that before yeah and those support communities um how does it go on different platforms so that ipad does it work in the same way as it would on a desktop desktop computer so we we what we wanted to do is get something that wasn't going to be bound to a single platform Device, so yeah. that, that's a, one of the limitations of having mobile apps that they tend to be that you know can Not only ac- accessible yeah. yeah so we had something that can be accessed through a browser so potentially could be used on a on an iPad or, or another type of tablet or it could be on an, an Android based phone or, or or an iPhone as well as on a desktop computer saying that there are some advantages of using apps so at the moment we're kind of looking at uh, another project which might be more integrated with a mobile phone as well so although it, all the site works very well there's particular things that a mobile phone does well like it's got a nice media play on it mm. it can you can use it for for tracking things over time and so on so we'll we'll do other projects which are, are looking at maximizing the potential for integrating with mobile phones in particular and so those things will come uh, in the later four years of the smart program or in separate research. Yeah, so we, so we, I mean, we, we've been lucky to get a good research program, which can can be a platform for building in other other projects. So we've got a, a project with Vic Health looking at um, looking at this with alcohol related um, problems, oh, and, and and there's other projects which we're doing around apps and so on. So um, the it's it's a great opportunity to have a big investment in a research program so that you can start seeding Looking other at, projects at other to yeah, make the most of it yeah um, great uh, so is the program available to everybody now or do we need to be involved in your research specifically yeah that's that, that's right so we were funded specifically to do research and we also want to make sure that, that the program kind of works and so at the moment we're doing it um with people as research participants so people who are interested can find out about the project and we give them full details and they can sign up to it that way um, so if people were interested we've got a website that we can 
that you can look at. That's smartinfo.org.au, um, smartinfo.org.au, or can contact us on 92145304. Fabulous. So do you need to um, to be experiencing psychotic symptoms to use that? Yeah, good point. I mean, I, th- I think that we we saw this as being much broader than just psychosis but within our specialist mental health services the probably the majority of people would have some history of psychosis so mm. because we we're doing research we're focusing on that group so it it's specifically for people um, to take part at this stage who've got some history of psychosis so it might be people that have had a diagnosis of schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder or it might be people that have got um, like a diagnosis of a mood disorder, like depression or bipolar mm, yes, disorder. Yes, psychotic depression. Yeah, but maybe you've had some voices or some paranoia or, 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 or um, unusual ideas in the past. Mm. So that would be the group that we're looking at at this stage. But certainly we're, we're keen, hopefully, when we've completed it, to be opening it up to more populations and more people. Would it, would it work for some somebody experiencing sort of in a deep psychotic state or is it more for people who are in sort of the early stages of their recovery? Yeah, I, I mean, again, what we have been focusing on has been people who are, um, you know, that people aren't currently in hospital that are maybe receiving community-based services. That's what we've been focused on. When we've talked to people on wards, there's been quite a lot of enthusiasm there for it as well, but it's a bit unknown at the moment. We're not actively looking at that group. It's primarily about recovery and self-management, so we're thinking that it's probably ideally suited to people during um, during that sort of after an acute episode. Yeah, great. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what sparked your interest in in working with psychosis or psychotic symptoms? I mean, I, I've always I've always worked with um, this client group. So, I I I, I started working with. Um, Organisations in back when I was in the UK with mental health services before I started training in psychology, and it had always been a group that I'd been quite. I saw the potential. This is this is a long time ago, Anna, <laughs> but I'd always seen sort of potential for us to be able to do things that can help to self manage, help people to, to do things independently to mm, self manage. So, yeah. having technology come along, providing a great opportunity for for being Consumer able to do that. Care, fabulous, absolutely. You're doing some really great work out at Swinburne with the Smart Research Program. Yeah, Just want to um, remind yeah. us again of the link that people could get on. So, so on the web, it's smartinfo.org.au, smartinfo.org.au, and the phone number is 92145304. That's 92145304. Thanks so much for talking with us today, Neil. It's oh, been great, great pleasure. to have you. Thanks. Uh, we'd all like to thank um, Dr. Neil Thomas from Swinburne University for coming on to our show. Thank you so much. And you can listen to podcasts of our show at 3cr.org.au and iTunes. Send us feedback, thoughts, or just get in contact, especially if you have a story, suggestions, or topic you'd like to share. Email us at brainwaves at mifellowship.org. Post to brainwaves at 3cr, PO Box 1277, uh, Collingwood, Victoria, 3066. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in to 3CR next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwave. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.